0: Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday morning to you. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, who is on location. Bill, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> Good morning, Jason. I am doing great because I am winding down my vacation. So I've been at the Outer Banks this week, uh, which is a wonderful place to be um and uh, fortunately this uh this week's weather has been very very nice you know i was very lucky because if i had taken my vacation <laughs> the week before i would have needed to be a duck because they had about <laughs> 20 inches of rain over that week uh on the outer banks which was uh, pretty i mean it was more rain in that week than a typical hurricane uh would leave so it, it, people felt like uh drowned rats on the outer banks and not, uh, most of the beaches the week before i think but uh, so i've i was very very lucky and it's just been good i feel refreshed and i've had my respite uh if you will which is uh truthfully that's something that's a real important concept for folks uh is to take a vacation and get respite uh it's especially true for caregivers, but it's true for workers and any kind of worker. Uh, in fact, there have been lots and lots of productivity studies uh, over the years that say that uh, if you, when you take a vacation, you're more productive. You know, In other words, folks that just work and work and work and work and work and never take a vacation become less productive over time uh, because we all need to be recharged.
0: Yeah, we certainly do. And Bill, I'm glad that the weather worked out for you and I'm glad that you got some much deserved time off. And I really appreciate you still doing the program here on a, on a Saturday morning while you're out at the coast. We'll try and help some folks out with some good information here. Then you can get back to fishing and sailing and all those, all those good fun things, Bill. Uh, <laughs> Not
1: for much longer though. That's in, right. In fact, I'll be back in the office on Monday doing the doing the norm.
0: Well, you know, that's, uh, we got to get back to work eventually. And let's, let's dive into the show here, Bill. Uh, we're going to talk about retirement accounts starting out here. And I think everyone knows that they should have a retirement account, and maybe they know of a 401k or an IRA. But um, for most people, the knowledge kind of stops there.
1: Well, you're right. And, and truthfully, there are lots and lots of different types of retirement accounts. And um, so let's just first talk generally about the different kinds of retirement accounts. I mean, folks that tend, uh, I mean that, that work for someone else. most employers have uh, a 401k type of retirement account. Uh, and uh, that, and oftentimes employers will match, a percentage of the employee's contribution, uh, up to a, a maximum, uh, and and so and a 401k plan. Uh, it's very very common for an employer to match up to four percent of the employee's contribution. So obviously, that would give an employee eight uh, percent of their salary contributed into uh, a retirement account. So that's really nice. But actually, and I probably shouldn't tell this, but the employers can actually, with the 401k, can do more than 4% if they want to. It's the employer's decision. In fact, an employer doesn't have to contribute at all, uh, but most employers do as an employee incentive. Uh, But they can actually, if I'm not mistaken, under ERISA, and a 401k is a, federally controlled um uh, by uh, erisa which is a federal law and the employers can actually match up to six percent so the the employees uh who get up to six percent match are pretty lucky particularly now it's a match so the employee has to contribute if the employee only can says put three percent of my earnings into um into my retirement account then the employer puts the same amount the the three percent but um, many employers actually match three or four percent some do five or six and uh, obviously the more you can put into your retirement account uh, the better now there are also for people uh, who work in um, uh, government like uh, teachers and policemen and others like that, um, uh, firefighters, uh, nonprofits, you know, instead of 401ks, uh, and of course, some of those have pensions, which are what uh, that's a different type of retirement account. Um, that's called a defined benefit plan. That's a pension, that's where the employer contributes money and oftentimes the employee does too, but at the end of the day, when they retire, they actually get a, an income stream uh, for the rest of their life. But the the most common plan today for, for folks uh, is it's a defined contribution plan. In other words, you have to contribute yourself, the employer sometimes matches, and then you're responsible for the investment. And of course, uh, the the um, and so a 403b is actually even though people think of them like they're the same as a 401k they're they're not they're actually annuities um, they um, are like a variable annuity if you will so you still have market risk with them in most cases and that sort of thing but uh, they're they're just a little bit of a different animal but they uh, work similarly in terms of the fact that you, what you contribute to a retirement account, when, it, when it's a defined contribution plan, you're not taxed on that, um, typically. Now there's some uh, th- there there are some what's called non-qualified plans where you are taxed, but the great majority of plans that that uh, people deal with are tax qualified. That means you contribute and you don't pay income tax on the money you contribute. It grows tax deferred, not tax free tax deferred. So when you start taking it out, then you're you're taxed on everything that you take out because you've never paid any income tax on any of it that's growing inside the account. Um, Now, there are other types of retirement uh, accounts. There's profit sharing plans. There's uh, uh, there's def- deferred compensation plans. But th- but the biggies are the 401ks, the 403bs, and IRAs. And IRAs are are similar. Uh, they are individual retirement accounts. Now with 401ks and 403bs. The employee typically um, their investments are limited to the investments that the employer has chosen. Oftentimes, it will be um, uh, a certain uh, family of funds. Um, it, uh, but the bottom line is is that um, that the employees get to pick. Which investments from those funds, but typically, uh, and and the employers have to have a certain number of funds to make it a, a RISA qualified, but not that many. And so, oftentimes, uh, the choices for employees in 401k plans are very limited, uh, and that's a bad thing. So, most people uh, uh, when they get Towards retirement, they actually move a 401k plan and a 403b plan into an IRA. And the reason they do it, and it's a good thing, is because it opens up the world of investments to them. They can invest an IRA uh, into lots and lots of things uh, that uh, where they are limited to their investments when it comes to a 401k or a 403b um and and so but the the whole point is if people get have a pension plan which is a defined benefit plan they're very very lucky uh and they and quite frankly most uh pension plans are absolutely fabulous for the employees and so uh, you know military personnel teachers government workers for the most part at least in North Carolina and federal workers with civil service are very very fortunate because there are very few corporations private employers who who actually offer uh, defined uh, benefit plans anymore so pensions are going away, and in fact a lot in a lot of states unfortunately um, uh, the the states have done away with their pension plans and gone to the defined contribution plans and clearly it's a whole lot easier uh, for the um, for the employer, whether it's a a government uh, or a private employer, because they don't have any additional liability. As long as they set up their accounts correctly uh, under ERISA, uh, they don't have the liability on, you know, future uh, payments of, of plans. Uh, But truthfully, people are a whole lot better off generally speaking with a pension than they are with with uh, not having one but bottom line is most of us if you if you don't if you're not working in that sector there's not a pension available to you anymore so you're stuck with the defined contribution and people really need to put back there's an awful lot of folks particularly younger folks that uh, don't contribute very much, and sometimes none at all, because they feel like they can't make ends meet. But the truth is, the sooner you start putting money into your retirement account, uh, and the more you can put in early, uh, the better it is. No question about it.
0: Yeah, you get a huge return the the sooner you start investing with that compound interest. We're going to continue our conversation on retirement accounts. We're going to dive into the world of IRA trusts in just a bit. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Listening to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio six eighty WPTF, Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander who's joining us live via Skype from the Outer Banks. And Bill, we're we're talking all about retirement accounts and we're, we're gonna get into IRA trusts in just a bit, but there's, there's still some more benefits to uh, and advantages to the different retirement accounts that we need to go over.
1: Well, it's there are some advantages to 401k. I mean, I just moment ago said how advantageous it is for seniors when they retire to move their money over to an IRA to give them a much more flexibility in, in how they invest. But the one huge advantage of a 401k is you can contribute more to it during your working years because with a 401k, particularly for those who are high uh, wage earners and can afford to contribute more. You can contribute up to eighteen thousand five hundred dollars a year in a 401k, whereas with an IRA, if you uh, even if you don't have an employer plan, you're limited to fifty five hundred dollars a year. So obviously, you can build up a much larger retirement account if you can afford to contribute that much um, with a 401k than you can with an IRA. Uh, and then, but, but the, when you get to retirement age, uh, w- with very few exceptions, there are occasionally an, a 401k that has some guarantees with it, but that's very, very rare. Um, so it's almost always advantageous to move a 401k to an IRA where you can do far more with it. Than you than you ever could with a 401k but during your working years if you have an employer plan contribute as much as you can to it it's just that's just a no-brainer because you need those retirement funds uh, and it's really important it's a great savings vehicle particularly when the employer matches it and then there's one other retirement account that I have to talk about because it's such a sweet sweet thing and it's called the Roth IRA. Now it's different from the other retirement accounts because you don't get a tax deduction for what you contribute to a Roth. In other words, the money that goes into a Roth is after tax money. So it's already been taxed when you put it in. However, with a Roth, it grows tax free, not tax deferred, it grows tax free. And when you take it out with all the extra earnings on it, it comes out income tax free. So that's the sweetest thing you can do. But again, you're limited to $5,500 a year with a Roth. That's the max. And if you contribute to a traditional IRA, um, you can off. in other words, you can only uh, go $5,500 into an IRA, whether it's a Roth or a traditional IRA. So if you've contributed $5,500 to a traditional IRA, then you don't have anything left to contribute to a Roth. Now, this is one area where with the Roth that I advise particularly well-to-do parents and grandparents that one of the nicest gifts that they can give their children or grandchildren when they just get to working age. And by that, I mean 16, 17, 18 years old. And, you know, they may be earning a few thousand dollars a year, and, and once they get a real job, then they're, you know, but the bottom line is, these folks are at their lowest taxable rate. Now, the bad news is, they're not thinking about retirement. They're thinking about going out on dates and having fun, and buying a car maybe if you know the whole the whole nine yards but it has nothing to do with retirement so but this is the very time in their lives where contributions to Roth IRAs can make the biggest difference so I've you know uh, this is one of the, uh, the things about me I'm much more concerned about our next generation's ability to retire than their ability to go to college. And most grandparents are thinking, well, I'd like to help my grandchildren go to college because I know how important it is. And and it is important, but retirement's even more important because you can find money to go to college, but you can't find money if you to retire on if you don't <laughs> have it. So uh, the bottom line is one of the nicest gifts they can d- do is to give a grandchild or a child w- who gets to work in age, uh, uh, an amount of money equal to their earnings up to $5,500 a year and contribute it to a Roth IRA where, uh, they, they have lots of things they can invest in and, uh, it will grow tax free. And then, you know, 50, 60, uh, or 65 years later, uh, or 60 years later anyway, uh, they can take it out and and it grows and grows and grows and grows. So, And it comes out tax-free. There's nothing better than tax-free.
0: <laughs> Two great <laughs> so words.
1: Th- those are the differences. And uh, Now, I know we probably need to take another break, but when we come back, I want to talk about um, – how you can use your iras and what's called an ira trust a lot of folks uh, are told that they shouldn't use one uh, but i want folks to know exactly how they work and and why they can be used and when they should be used
0: excellent we will do just that if you're interested in scheduling an appointment to talk to bill you can do so online at wga law.com that's wga law.com you can also give the office a call at 919 919- two five six seven thousand nine one nine two five six seven thousand a quick break and back you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander on news radio 680 wptf News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. Bill is joining us from the Outer Banks live via Skype, and we're talking all about retirement accounts today. And Bill, right before the break, you mentioned an IRA trust. What is that?
1: Well, uh, an IRA trust is a trust that is um, designed to hold retirement assets, like an IRA. Um, and so an IRA trust, uh, is where you create a trust specifically designed for your family. Uh, and then you make the trustee of that trust, the beneficiary of your IRA. Now you, unlike revocable trusts and, and some other types of trusts that we do, An IRA trust is not one where you actually move the ownership of your account to the trustee during your lifetime. And you don't because that would be a taxable event, and your entire IRA account would be taxable in one lump sums. Uh, And so we would never do that. But, But you can use an IRA trust as a beneficiary of your account. Now, the, one of the reasons that's important to understand that this is a tool is because uh, an IRA trust, if it's designed properly, will give your family asset protection that they may not have otherwise. Now, uh, some uh, now f- for instance, now in North Carolina, state law, actually protects your ira from creditors uh and so to the degree that you leave your um, spouse your ira uh, then the creditors can't reach it and if you leave your children who live in north carolina an uh, ira their creditors can't reach it either but that's under state law but the thing about it is oftentimes they're family situations uh, where you want to control where your your money is either going to go immediately upon your death or where it will go eventually. And for instance, let's say that you're in a second or successive marriage and you have children uh, by a previous marriage. And you want your children to enjoy your IRA when your spouse, when your new spouse dies. Um, uh, so the, the bottom line is, is if you leave your IRA to your spouse just outright, then the surviving spouse will control who gets that money when they die. Because they can change the beneficiary to whomever they want to at, at that point. Um, And so a spouse is treated very differently from children. Um, When children or anyone other than your spouse receives your IRA, it's called an inherited IRA. Uh, And it doesn't matter whether it's your brother, your sister, or your children or your grandchildren, whoever get it, other than your spouse, it's inherited. And the reason that's important is for two reasons. If people live outside of North Carolina who receive it, then it's highly likely that that account will no longer have asset protection. The other thing that's that's important about it is that the, the beneficiary will have required minimum distributions from day one, regardless of their age. Uh, you know, with a regular IRA or retirement account, you have required distributions on all of them with the exception of Roth when you reach 70 and a half. So you, you have to take your money out uh, before April 15th of the year following the time that you become 70 and a half. So don't get confused by the rule. Just remember when you're 70, start. you have to start taking your minimum required distributions. And if you don't take it, you get penalized big time. So you got to take it. It's 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 and and you pay tax on it Um, with the the only exception is if you take your required minimum distribution and give it directly to charity from the custodians. uh, And in that case, you don't you don't pay the income tax and the charity doesn't pay income tax either. So and that's even more important under the new. Uh, tax law that is implemented for this year because there are an awful lot of folks that will not uh, get a charitable deduction any longer, and the reason is is that most people under the new tax law will no longer itemize their taxes, and if you don't itemize your taxes, you don't get a charitable deduction, and so there, there'll be far fewer people itemizing now, but almost everybody has a retirement account. So the the truth is, is if if you make a a nice contribution or a tithe to your church or your synagogue, uh, then the bottom line is, is that typically you can take your required minimum distribution uh, and uh, have your custodian uh, transfer it to your charity and you won't pay tax on it. And the charity won't either. Uh, But you're not going to. Uh, the bottom line is is that you don't get the 1099 from the custodian for what's given to the charity, but it does have to be direct uh, from the custodian to your church or charity, and and that's a that's another important planning concept for folks to make. That's even more important now than it was last year or in previous years. Um, but let's go back to uh, the the IRA. Trust. If you want to control who eventually gets your IRA, then you have to use a trust to do it. Now, there are people who discourage you from using a trust, and I've had a lot of folks uh, come back and say, "Well, well, my uh, uh, the custodian told me that if I use a trust as beneficiary, then my beneficiaries have to." Uh, be paid out within five years. It's called the five years rule. But the truth is that they are right to one degree, but they're absolutely wrong as it relates to a well-drafted IRA trust. A poorly drafted trust or a trust that is not designed to receive IRA uh, assets the custodians are exactly right. You have a five-year distribution rule, so everything in the account must be taxed within five years. However, if you have a uh, a trust that is set up to receive retirement accounts, then you can uh, not only protect the asset, but you can also uh, design it so that the beneficiaries receive and are taxed on the benefits throughout their lifetime. And and that's called a stretch, which is a very important concept. And a stretch IRA is not a product. It's actually just a process for distributing uh, your required minimum distributions over your lifetime rather than taking large distributions and being taxed on it all, all at once. And so there are a lot of parents that want to prevent their children from being able to take large, large chunks of their IRA out at once because a lot of times the children don't understand that they're going to get a big tax bill and the parents understand it real well. So they, you know, they're trying to protect their children or they may have a child that's a real spendthrift. They just can't help themselves and they're not good with money. Or they may have a child that has, the, you know, another unfortunate incident might be a child with a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction or a gambling addiction. Or they might have a spouse who's a spendthrift uh, where they just can't keep any money at all. And oftentimes the retirement accounts is the largest asset that people will actually receive.
0: Yeah, it can be a, a, a huge boon. Well, uh,
1: the bottom line is... a. An IRA trust is a trust that's designed for retirement, uh, to be a beneficiary of a retirement plan, Uh, and it allows two things that are really big, or three things. Number one, it allows the owner of the IRA to control who gets it and how much they get. Uh, In other words, they could leave it to a spouse for their lifetime and then over to their children or grandchildren. It gives the beneficiary complete asset protection, at least on the principle of what's left in the, uh, in the IRA at the death of the first beneficiary. Um, uh, 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 so it, it gives control, uh, it gives asset protection, and it gives you the ability to stretch over a lifetime. Uh, all three of those things being uh, really important concepts. Now, most IRA trusts, that you can design them one of two ways. You can design them to um, pay out the required minimum distribution each year, but you can limit it to that if you wish, Uh, and that's called a conduit trust. I don't mean to use big words, but that's what they're called, and that basically tells the custodian to, to do the required minimum distribution, and, of course, that's income that's taxable, and when income is distributed, it's no longer protected. But the principal that remains is protected from creditors. You can also do what's called an accumulation trust so that the trust actually pays the income tax and the money is not distributed to, a, to the beneficiary. And there are times when the, those, those trusts are a little more complicated and a little more sophisticated. Uh, than the Conduit Trust. Uh, and they really have to be designed exactly right to avoid the five-year rule. But they can be done and, and uh, in appropriate circumstances, people should actually use Accumulation Trust. So it's it gives people lots and lots of options that can be really important to them.
0: That's great. And if you want to explore those options a little bit more and maybe you need the help of a professional to do that, I suggest you uh schedule an appointment with Bill by going online to wga law.com. That's wga law.com or give the office a call at 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. We'll be back with more information. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680. WPTF. back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, who's joining us live via Skype from the Outer Banks, wrapping up a well-deserved vacation on his end. And we're talking about IRA trusts this morning. And Bill, you were just going over the the three key things that these provide, and that's control, asset protection, and a, a little bit of flexibility with the stretch option.
1: Exactly. And of course, they're from a from a um, technical point of view, they're generally done at one of two types: either a conduit trust, which basically means that the trustee automatically uh, is required to pay to the beneficiary the required minimum distribution each year. Now, you can also design those, uh, you know, pay-as-you-go type um, stretch. So that the trustee has discretion to pay out more than the required distribution each year but but uh, or you can basically turn the spigot off and say you only get the required minimum distribution <laughs> so but that's under the control of the person who creates the trust, and then we also talked about where uh, that sometimes you want the trustee to where there's not an automatic distribution of income from the retirement account. And the big difference here is where the trust has to pay the income tax uh, on the required minimum distribution. And typically a trust is going to pay out at a higher rate of income tax than a person who's distributed uh, the money. However, there are lots of times where you don't, uh, want uh, the money go to the beneficiary except for uh, specific purposes or it needs to be limited, such as let's say you have a special needs child uh, who and so you've set up um, uh, a, a trust for that child that uh, and the only asset that you have to leave that particular child, is your retirement account there are a lot of folks where the retirement account is by far their biggest asset and there ain't a whole lot more than that and so but they have a special needs child that they that needs to stay on Medicaid uh, because Medicaid is providing uh, their uh, their place to live and also um, the, all of their health care needs which with special children is is uh, just a huge thing, and it's extraordinarily important to protect that. And an IRA, truthfully, would take them off of Medicaid, which is the most important thing that they can do. So, um, designing a trust for to accumulate and and limit the distributions to what will they, they can maintain their status is extremely important in those cases, and or. Or if you have uh, children uh, who might be a spendthrift where you want to limit uh, how much money uh, they get at any particular time. So there are a lot of different reasons, but that's what a trust can do for you. It gives the parent control over how, uh, you know, how their spouse and or children would take. And it also gives them control, particularly if they have Uh, a a second or third marriage where they can give their spouse the income uh, for their lifetime and then what's left goes to the children or or of course in some of those cases particularly if you have a prenuptial agreement and those kind of things which is always recommended in a second marriage or successive marriage uh, you can leave your IRA directly to your children and not to your spouse so I mean that's uh, important now this is where I, I want to go back um, to, to the beginning. And, and that is um, with an IRA, you can leave your IRA to anybody you want to leave it to. With a 401k, that is not necessarily true. You know, most people think that. You that a 401k is just as flexible as an IRA, and that is not true at all. And oftentimes the IR, the 401k contract requires you to leave the asset to your spouse. And that can come as a surprise to folks. Uh, and so that's another reason why a lot of retirees, will move a 401k asset over to, um, to, uh, to an IRA off. Uh, there's another one too. Sometimes the, the, a 401k actually requires distributions at, at, uh, um, uh, at death that Um, are not stretchable. In other words, you end up in the five-year rule because you've had a 401k rather than IRA. So an IRA, once you retire, typically is the no-brainer thing to do for for most folks. Okay, now, um, as I always talk about, folks, we we like to grow in our life, we like to learn. And something that I've been studying uh, a great deal uh, in the last year and a half, uh, has been to help people who have uh, an, uh, a self-directed IRA, and what what that means to most folks is that uh, a self-directed is an IRA is where you've set it up as self-directed, and then you 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 can decide what kind of investments you want, and for most people that means. Uh, uh, stocks and bonds and mutual funds and exchange-traded funds that you select and you have the universe of uh, pretty much of uh, selections to choose from. But there's one category of asset that most people are um, told to stay away from when it comes to in- investing, uh, and that's real estate. And of course, real estate uh, to to me uh, is um, an asset that many folks uh, not only love to invest in. Uh, you know, there are an awful lot of folks out there who buy uh, rental properties and they flip houses and they they do a, a lot of things very successfully um, uh, over the years. They they uh, build apartment buildings, small ones, large ones, whatever. But the bottom line is there are a lot of folks who love real estate as an investment. and uh, now the, the, the fact of the matter is is that um, most people are told wrongly that you can't use retirement accounts to invest in real estate. But the reason they're told that is because it's tricky. There are a lot of rules that you, uh, you can't mess up. And so it does take uh, counsel. Of course, this is self-serving because I can do it. I can help you with it. <laughs> and it's more expensive to set up than just picking a mutual fund or exchange trade fund to invest in. But for those folks who are really good at making money in real estate, being able to use your retirement account to do what you know how to make money in can be extremely helpful to you. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I had uh, I was uh, I, I gave a presentation on asset protection to a, a group a group of wonderful women called and their group was called Wire uh, W w i r e women in real estate and boy was this a dynamic group of women i I tell you what, and I know that we have a number of wire chapters in the Raleigh area. I would think that they would really like to know how they can use retirement assets uh, to further their real estate investments and like I said, it is tricky there are lots of rules that you that are, uh, basically prohibit certain types of investments. In other words, you can't, uh, you can't uh, buy your own property. You can't, uh, deal with your family or extended family. Uh, there, there are a lot of rules that you can't break, but there are lots of ways, uh, that you can do it. Um, uh, and and you can do it very effectively. But so this would be for those folks who really know real estate well and have always made good money in real estate, and that's where their expertise lies, and they would like to be able to um, uh, to, to do it. And I'm here to tell you, as an attorney, that it is doable and and can be can be done. So don't let anybody say you can't do it. But you really do need. Good legal documents and you need good legal guidance um, in order to do it effectively and not break the rules
0: yeah and you can get both of those by scheduling an appointment to talk to Bill you can do that online at wga law. com that's wga law dot com or give bill a call in the office at nine one nine two five six seven thousand nine one nine 2567000 A quick break and back you're listening to asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We're running short on time, but Bill, you've got a parting shot for us.
1: Well, you know, it's like this. Uh, when is the most important time to protect your money, you know, your, particularly your retirement accounts? Well, The fact of the matter is is that most important time to protect it is at the beginning of your retirement. You know, a lot of folks don't get that. They've heard of dollar cost averaging. Well, once you retire, you don't have any money that you're generally to put into your retirement account. So it's you're at the opposite side of dollar cost averaging. So because you're no longer putting money in, so uh, that's the time you cannot afford to lose because if you lose 10%, it takes 20% to get back to zero. So, and that's an important concept. You really need to make an effort to do what uh, to protect your property, particularly your retirement accounts, when you
0: retire. That's great advice. And again, if you want to schedule an appointment with Bill, you can give the office a call at 919-256-7000 or go online to WGA Law. Com. Reminder, you can catch Bill tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. on the CW22 with his TV show, Money Secrets. He's also got a book out by the same name, Money Secrets. You can find that on Amazon. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I am Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We hope you'll do it again next week. Thank you for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great weekend.